Good morning. I'm glad you're with us today. Here in the Blue Ridge Mountains, we've had a night of snowfall, freezing rain, sleet. A lot of churches are canceled this morning. If you know someone who, um, who has a canceled church service, maybe their church service isn't doing anything on Facebook, please give them a, um, a chat, um, a text, something, a phone call. Let them know. Invite them to join us today. Shortly, we're going to be opening God's Word to Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. But before then, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. Earlier in the week, I posted on Facebook um, a uh, thing of a prayer request. And I do this quite often because I, I know people have a lot on them right now. People are under a lot of stress. They're under a lot of frustration. They're under a lot of fear. Some of it is self-proclaimed. Some of it is brought on because of our uncertainties. And others are brought on by things that are taking place around us or inside of us. But regardless of where it comes from, I want you to know we're willing to pray with you. We don't have to know the details. All we have to know is that you need prayer. And we're going to bring all of those requests today as we open in prayer. We're also going to pray for God's Word. We're going to pray for the services that are taking place in our nation today. And we believe that God's going to honor His Word. We believe that God is going to going to touch His Word and touch the hearts and the lives of people. We believe that God's Word will not return to Him void, but that it will accomplish everything that He has purposed it to do. So as we open in prayer, if you have anything you'd like to request, you're welcome to post it. If you have anything you'd like to join us with, feel free to. We have God's Word. We have His promise. We have the ability to open it and worship together today. What more could someone want? If you do have a church home, I want to encourage you to support it. I want to encourage you to attend it. I want to encourage you to be there. If not, maybe today, maybe this broadcast is the opportunity that you have that God will use to find you a church home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of opening your word. Thank you for all of those who are watching this morning. Lord, we pray that your word would touch all of our hearts and lives from the saint to the sinner and, and everything that may be in between, Heavenly Father. Lord, we know that there are some that are backslidden today. Lord, we know that there are some that are in desperate need of guidance and direction. Lord, we know that we all have struggles. I certainly have mine, and you know them. Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts and lives. I pray that you would hide your word behind the cross today, that people would see it and hear it, and that it would go out and touch hearts and lives. Heavenly Father, that the blood of Jesus 
would reclaim sinners, that it would save the lost, that it would encourage the saints. And Heavenly Father, will be careful to give you praise, honor, and glory because it is through Jesus that we proclaim this good news, this gospel. Thank you again for all you've done and for all you will do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning, as we open God's Word, Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. And he, being Jesus, said, Whereunto, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up, and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out of the great branches, so that fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And, and with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. And but without a parable spake he not unto them, when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. So we are looking at the parable of the mustard seed this morning. And from that parable, like all of Jesus' parables, they have a message. This parable has a message. And we're going to explore that message this morning. And by the grace of God, I'm going to expound it to you and prayerfully Bring it that it may touch your heart and your life. And I want to open this morning by sharing the story of a woman named Martha Berry. Martha was born close to Rome, Georgia in 1866. She was part of a very wealthy family at that time, and they owned a lot of real estate in that area. Well, she asked her father for a playhouse. And instead of just a playhouse, he built her a cabin. Well, one Sunday, she was in her cabin or playhouse, and she was studying her Bible. Then Martha heard the voices of children outside. She went out, and she saw them. She saw the poor children of a nearby community. And Miss Barry, at that time, was a teenager. So she invited them into her cabin, and she began to tell them stories from the Bible. Well, her Bible classes began to meet each week in her little playhouse or cabin, and she taught children that would never have had an opportunity to have gone to school. She taught them how to read and write and how to do arithmetic and taught them other lessons that was essential for that day and time. Then in 1902, Martha Berry had an idea to start a boys' school. And for that idea, she picked a piece of property on a nearby mountain. She deeded land. She began to raise money. She opened the door to students. And then the Berry Industrial School for Boys was formed. The school continued to grow and it even later added programs for girls. If you were to visit the area of Rome, Georgia today, you would find the house that 
Martha Berry lived in until she died. You can also see the cabin playhouse where she taught the children of that community. You can also find the little mustard seed and what it has become today. Today, Berry College is about 28,000 acres of land. There are some 38 buildings on it, major buildings. There are well over 2,000 students. It is a college that is widely recognized throughout the southern United States as being a comprehensive college that uh, graduates knowledgeable students on an annual basis. It was a school that had a very humble beginning, but it has been blessed to tens of thousands of Americans. So today, we're going to talk about another humble beginning. A humble beginning that has produced some amazing results. And that humble beginning is going to be found here. Here in the message of the mustard seed. Jesus still teaches in parables, as I've said earlier. He teaches that these parables were the Lord's primary meaning of his truth. He begins his parable by seeming to search for an illustration of the kingdom of God. Think of that. Jesus was asking those around him, how do they picture the kingdom of God? If that question were posed to you today, how would you picture the kingdom of God? How would you describe it? If the Lord were to ask you what it looked like in your mind and in your perception. So you see, when Jesus began to speak, though he didn't compare the kingdom of God to a big mountain or even a mighty river like the Mississippi River or some majestic oak tree like the, the southern plantation oaks that you find in the Charleston, South Carolina area up into the plantation areas of North Carolina and down into Georgia. No, he talked about a mustard seed. So, with the idea of a mustard seed, I want you to see three things this morning. First, I want you to notice how the kingdom begins. In comparing the kingdom of God to a tiny mustard seed, Jesus was calling a a powerful illustration for it. While the mustard seed is not the smallest seed that's known to man, it was, however, the smallest seed that was planted in the gardens of Jesus' day. The mustard seed itself is so tiny, it takes 750 of them to make up a single gram. There are 28 grams in an ounce. 
Therefore, there are some 21,000 mustard seeds in one ounce. It is a tiny seed. But it produces a very large shrub-like plant that has very large leaves. So Jesus compared the kingdom of God to that little seed, not the big plant. Most people believe that nothing would come of, of the Lord in his ministry. They wrote him off. The Pharisees and the scribes had turned multitudes of people against Jesus and against his followers. All the people could see was that tiny seed. What they couldn't see was the great tree that it held inside it. So let's look at some facts. Jesus was born in the tiny town of Bethlehem in poverty. No one comes out of poverty to be the ruler of the kingdom, right? That is certainly what the Pharisees would have you to believe. And that is certainly what the Roman government would have you to believe. That is certainly what the government today in America would have you to believe. That no one other than the financial elite could ever raise to rule a kingdom. Yet, Jesus did. Not only that, he was raised in Galilee as a child. No one believed that a man of God could come from Galilee. No one. It just wasn't possible. Galilee had no history of producing priest or prophet. And yet here was Jesus claiming to be the Son of God. And from Galilee, as a, as a young adult or a young man, he moved into Nazareth where he finished his raising. He was an inhabitant there and he was, it was considered to be a wicked and a worldly city by the Jews. A Nazarene. No. Not a kingdom ruler. It just didn't fit the narrative of the Jews. And they would have nothing of it. Jesus had no family connections. He had no money. He had no support from religious leaders of that day. He had nothing but a message to give. And a message to bring. One of hope, one of salvation, one of redemption, one of the forgiveness of sin. Yet those that were around him found no reason to align themselves with him. Jesus was a nobody from nowhere who was told he would amount to nothing. His parents were even in question. Jesus was accused of being, being a child sired in fornication. He was believed to have not had legitimate parents. That was what the Jews would have you to believe. 
Not only that, the people who did follow him were considered the dregs of society. Sinners. Jesus was asked more than once if he, why he ate with sinners. Why he chose them over the elite. Because Jesus said it was sinners that he had came to seek and to save. It was the lost. He has still come today to seek and to save the lost. And when I'm talking about the lost, I'm not talking about those that the spiritual elite or the religious elite today consider to be the ones that are measuring sticks to everything that they want to uh, say and give themselves up to know. I'm talking about those who are lost in a life of sin, of unforgiven, unrepentant sin. Jesus came for you. You. The drunk. The one on drugs. The one that is mired in fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, transgender changes, and, and those things that are have twisted your mind to have you search for hope inside of perversion. Jesus is here for you. He's here for the liar. He is here for all of us who have yet to give our lives to him, to turn our hearts over to him. Today is your day of salvation. Your day. Jesus' own people, the Jews, rejected him. They despised him. The Romans even nailed him to a cross at the request of the Jews, the religious of the day. Yes, his followers preached his resurrection, but for a long time it was ignored. They considered it foolish to believe that a dead man would rise from his grave. Even the Lord's message was hard to swallow. For some today it still is. It is still very difficult for some to accept today that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that he rolled away the stone, that he walked out of the tomb. There are some today who believe they're too educated. There are some today that, that believe that it's just fantasy or myth or, or some type of something along those lines. But let me tell you something. This Bible says without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ on the first day of the week rolled the stone away. He got up. He walked out. He asked his own people, why do they seek the living among the dead? There was testimony after testimony after testimony of seeing Jesus for 40 days after the resurrection. 
Friend, let me tell you something. Regardless of what you say, regardless of how you believe, regardless of what you think, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus Christ ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God forever making intercession for his saints, for his believers, not for everyone. If you're not saved by grace through faith, Jesus is not making intercession for you right now. Because you don't have that relationship. That comes through salvation. The intercession you have comes from the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Working in your heart, working in your life. Telling you how badly you need Jesus. Will you continue to ignore a spiritual warning from God? Come to Jesus today. Come to Him before it's eternally too late. Come to Him and give your life to Him and find out what you have been missing and what you have been turning your back on for oh so long. It is a new life in Jesus Christ. It is a new hope in Jesus Christ. It is a new Everything. Life looks so much better. Peace and tranquility. No, we don't get a pass from the difficulties of today. Saints still have COVID. Saints still die of COVID. Saints still have cancer. Saints still have struggles in life, financial struggles. Struggles with children. Struggles with all kinds of issues. The same issues that everyone else has in life. The only difference is we have the hope and the promise of an eternal security that says this world is not the very best that there is for us. There is something that is better. There is something that is great. There is something that is wonderful. And it is called a heaven that was built by God for Christ and for his followers, for his saints and friends. The only way you find that spot is to come to him, to bow before him, to ask him, ask him to take your little mustard seed of a life and turn it into something much greater, something that you cannot do. Something that only God can do through Christ. Take your little mustard seed of life and turn it into this large, blooming, shrubbing plant that provides so much for the world around it. So much. Well, after we notice that's that about the kingdom, we now notice how the kingdom builds itself. It builds itself by being planted in good soil, by having good roots, by having a good foundation. You see, in the beginning, Jesus only had a few ragtag followers of people. And that's the way it was up until the day of Pentecost. Do you realize on the day of Pentecost, there were only 120 devoted followers of Christ? Go look at Acts chapter 1 verse 15 if you don't want to believe me. 
On that day, something amazing took place, though. Over 3,000 people came to faith in Christ. And a short time after that, in another preaching message, another message, there were 5,000 saved at one time. It wasn't long after that until the church in Jerusalem is believed to have grown to 50,000. It was just the beginning. You see, that little mustard seed that started with 120 people has now blossomed. It has now built upon that foundation of Jesus. It got that root of the blood of Christ and it began to sprout. And then it began to grow. And then it began to blossom. Today, from those humble beginnings, it still blossoms and it still blooms. There are people every day who are coming to Jesus. There are people every day who are growing. Who are reaching out into the lives of others. Who are providing shade and security while preaching and teaching the Word of God. No longer is the church a mustard seed. It has grown and blossomed into a plant. But what about your life? What is it built upon today? Is it built upon money? Today, this very week, we have seen corruption on Wall Street that takes away from some and gives to others. Money is a fleeting thing. The love of money is the root of all evil. Falling into that love of money will lead you into nothing but despair and destruction. Is your... Is your foundation in politics? I would think you would know by now, by putting your, your salvation and your hope in politics, that with the, with the stain of politics over this last election cycle, and what it can do to the hearts and the lives of people, the confusion and the conflict that it bears, you would see there is no foundation there. There's no root in politics. What about sex and the perversion of sex in our society today? We see sex being perverted at a scale never before it re registered in history. It has gone beyond what we know it took place in Sodom and Gomorrah. We have men calling themselves women, women calling themselves men, changing their body structures and appearances to pretend to be somebody that they're not. We have a political party that endorses it. We have politicians in both political parties 
that endorse it. We celebrate the fact that we have the first female vice president in the United States, yet we live in a country that says there is only, there's not only two genders, there are multiple genders. How can you find any hope in sexual perversion? There is none. The only foundation that offers hope and security is the foundation of Jesus Christ. It isn't about learning to be holy and righteous. It is just about turning your life over to Christ and letting Him Make the changes in your life. It's not what you can do for Him. It's what He can do through you. You have to make yourself available and turn yourself over. You have to realize you are the mustard seed that He wants to see blossom and bloom into something great. And he wants that. And the only way he can have it and you can have it is to have a foundation that he can build upon. A foundation that is based on the blood of Christ. Nothing else. If it is built on the blood of Christ, we will notice how the kingdom will bless. We know how it has blessed the world the church has blessed the world. You see that mustard plant, it was a source of food. It was also a source of shame. It was also a source of medicine. Think of those three things. Substance, security, and safety. That is what Jesus is in the lives of everyone. Everyone that will come to him. Everyone that will let him have his way in their life. You see, when you turn yourself over to Jesus, and when you ask him to save you from your sin, when you, when you bring him into your heart and life and let him start having his way in your heart and life, there are some major things that begin to happen. You start becoming a substance of nutrition for others. People see you starting to blossom and bloom. And they want to know what brought about the change. You have an opportunity to share Jesus. To share everything that he's done in your life. Everything he brought you out of and brought you into. You have the opportunity to let Jesus take your life and use it to bless others. To bless his church. To bless his church through your attendance. To bless his church through your support. To bless his church through the Great Commission. To be a part of the body of Christ who is not just supporting it through other, for other people to do, but who is actively stepping out and doing it. That is something I see that is lacking in the church today. 
individual people of the body of Christ are no longer stepping out and taking responsibility and being the body of Christ. Instead, we're wanting to delegate it to someone else. Let them do that stuff. I'll pay them. I'll support them. Jesus wants you involved. Personally. Church. Saints of God. He wants you involved. Many of us have had these two points in our lives for a very long time. We have been the mustard seed. We have been built on the blood of Christ and we have developed and now we're here and we're starting to blossom and bloom in our lives but instead of us accepting people under what Christ has done through us we're pointing them to somebody else's plans we're pointing them to somebody else's life don't come talk to me go see them saints we need a revival in our own lives Yes, there's a lot of evangelism that needs to be done. There's a lot of folks that need to be saved today. But in reality, do you know that that revival, that evangelistic movement is not going to take place unless it begins in our lives as the church? It's got to begin in your life, church member, before it can spread anywhere else. We individually are the mustard seed how will we allow Christ to affect the lives of others how will we bless others so what is the message of the mustard seed it's a twofold message primarily it is the kingdom of God it has humble beginnings but it also has and will continue to expand and grow through its universal impact. Second, God can take something that seems small and insignificant and he can transform it into something that has a very big impact. He has done that with individual lives throughout his kingdom. From the very beginning, the dregs of society were the ones that were the mustard seed that blossomed into the kingdom of God. Today, we are all dregs of society. All of us, from the most spiritual to the lowest of the low, we are all dregs of society because we are all sinners. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your raising is. It doesn't matter anything about it. You are lost in sin and in need of the Savior today. That is the message of the mustard seed. You are that tiny, tiny seed.
that the Lord wants to see blossom in his work as his child. But it takes the blood of Christ to provide that foundation and that root. So the question comes this morning. Will you allow Jesus to do his work in your life? It's personal. It has nothing to do with your family. It has nothing to do with your upbringing. It has nothing to do with anything. Your church membership or anything. Will you have Jesus and let Jesus do his work through your life today? If you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Today is. Where you are right now, call upon him. Ask him to save you. Church member, saint of God, maybe you've been dodging the opportunity to be that blessing for someone else. Today is your day to stand still, get planted in the blood of Jesus, and let him use you to bless others with the good news of the gospel. It's a blessing. It is one that you will not regret. So, the message of the mustard seed is God taking something insignificant and making it a worldwide blessing. Will you let him do that in your life? Will you submit to Jesus Christ today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would take this message, that you would touch hearts and lives around the world with it. Lord, as we turn it loose and as we send it out, I pray that folks would would listen to it. I pray that they would read their Bible. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would raise up among from among those people that are hearing it today. I pray that you would raise up those who will carry forth your message. As we depart, as we go our way, we ask that your word would not return to you void, but that it would accomplish everything you've purposed it to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for watching. Good Lord willing, I pray that we'll be back next week. I pray that you'll be back with us. Keep us in prayer. Remember to share your prayer requests with us. We'll be glad to pray with you throughout the week. Until then, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.